He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together? If I should fall from grace with God, where no doctor can relieve me, if I'm buried neath the sod, but the angels won't receive me, let me go, boys. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, December 1st, 2023. Rest in peace, Shane McGowan. I don't know what a hero is. I don't know what a genius is. I know what a bit of a touchstone is, someone you refer to a lot, someone you admire, someone you're taken by. Shane McGowan is no longer with us. And unsurprisingly, in the 20-odd text messages I got about it yesterday, not one person said, I wonder how he died. (laughs) I think uh, he lived hard, to say the least. Anyway, Shane McGowan passed on the same I believe like same day Henry Kissinger died Henry Kissinger brought a lot more destruction to the world than Shane McGowan Shane McGowan brought joy uh, to the people who didn't know him from the Pogues if you don't know I'm talking about Shane McGowan was one of the principal songwriters and vocalists of the English Irish styled band and there's arguments across the literature on how Irish the Pogues were were they uh, you know were they authentic and in any case I love the Pogues and I have loved the Pogues all my life Shane McGowan I'm an Irishman I'm a drinker I'm a poet I'm a thinker whoa (laughs) and a rhymer too apparently And Shane McGowan was the model for all of those things. He did all of those things I just mentioned better and more (laughs) than aspirants like myself. But as a young boy, as a younger man, as an old man, I I hear Shane McGowan, as a younger man, I should say, and romanticize that boozy poet wisdom, which I understand has, there's fallacy in that. It's not something, it's not a lifestyle to be emulated. I don't think if you want to, I don't don't know, for for, for me is what I'm talking about. I have a four-year-old daughter. I couldn't live like Shane McGowan did. But he represented, and I'm I'm, I'm inarticulately getting through it. I understand that, but um, I wanted to be live, authentic. What I'm, you know, I didn't want to have prepared remarks for Shane McGowan. What I want to tell you is, if you don't know who I'm talking about, there was a band that was popular in the 1980s and then into the 1990s called the Pogues. They were playing music of the, <clears throat> as I understood it and heard it, and I don't mean like read about it, but I mean felt it. They were writing songs about, uh, you know, Irishness and the Irish diaspora to the United States, to England leaving your own country, looking back at it with love and rage and embracing your new country and your 
new fellow country men and women and the music was a party it was just a a, a rager and and that was very much part of what they did and he did it the most and the the, the hardest the lyric i started the podcast with was is the first line of the first verse from if i should fall from grace with god You also, if you don't know who the Pogues are, you at least probably have heard their most famous song called Fairy Tale of New York, which pops up now and again around, now and again, pops up this time of year. Today is December 1st, where I sit. And you know what? If I get another two podcasts recorded tomorrow on Saturday and another one on Sunday in the spirit of Alexis 30 Days of December to Forget or whatever... I might do a podcast a day, just like I mentioned it previously. You might say, well, did you don't have enough to talk about? Well, that's fine. I'll figure it out, okay? I'm not going to quit. But if I get, I think there will be two movements here in the Lexus December to Forget podcast marathon, 30 days of big bows on cars and all that. If I get a podcast recorded Saturday and Sunday of, meaning this weekend, that will be three podcasts in a row. And then if I get five, I think I might be able to have the momentum to do a full month of podcasts. And you don't have to listen to them. Just be an exercise for me. And then maybe in January, we'll go back to uh, you know Tuesday and Friday. This time of year, you hear a song called Fairy Tale of New York. Bing, bing. This is piano. Bing, bing. It was Christmas Eve. Bing, 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 I think. And now to play the beginning on the piano. It was Christmas Eve, babe. In the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one. And then we shared a song, smile, shared a song, the railroad mountain dew. I turned my face away and dreamt about you. Shane McGowan represented, uh, for, for me, uh, uh, a young man, the spirit of a young man chasing a dream, expressing himself, making sense of his journey, with a pint of beer in his hand, and maybe now and again a little whiskey, whiskey on the side. The, the, the verse in that song, Fairy Tale of New York, uh, where he says, he starts the verse by saying, God on a love, I can't sing it, God on a lucky one, came in 18 to 1, I've got a feeling, this year's for me and you. So he got a, he hit on a horse. <laughs> Or a dog that was 18 to 1. He got a little money. Got on a lucky one. Came in 18 to 1. I've got a feeling this year's for me and you. So happy Christmas. He hits a horse 18 to 1. Blind squirrel finds the nut. And all he thinks about, or at least he expresses in the song, is... This is it. This is our year. We're going to do big things. I'm going to do it with my lady. 
We're going to whatever that means. And I think really in the Irish romantic poet dreamer drunk uh, mentality that I share and am interpreting from him. The destination is never really defined. And that's part of the fallacy of the model that I'm talking about. What I'm trying to express to you here, dear listener, is Shane McGowan was a hugely, he was just always there for me. He was always there for comfort, for laugh, for brilliance of lyric. In a sickbed of Cucullin, he has a lyric about this hellion <laughs> who finally dies. And they take him up to Fort Briar or wherever. And he says in the song, they stick you in the box and they shove you in the ground, but you pop your head back out and said, we'll have another round. Meaning this guy is such a rager, such a hellion. They've put him in a pine box, put him in the ground. He's dead, but he still pops up and says, we'll have another round. A line like that to not me now, but a younger man, that spirit of, I'm going to have a smile on my face, a drink in my hand, a song in my heart, a romantic belief that is that is not characteristic of diligence, follow-through, uh, self-discipline, strategy, execution. The things that enable success in life. You either, you, you know these things or you learn these things. That's not what, <laughs> that's not what being Irish, my experience of being an Irish American, an American, an, an, uh, Irishman of American descent or whatever, you know what I'm saying, American of Irish descent. That's not what it's about. It's not like, let's set out and make a plan. It's about like, let's have a dream and then let's go have a couple drinks and talk about how great that dream is. And then the next day, like, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> That's a little, that's a little simplistic maybe, but Shane McGowan was for me, and also probably the, the less, the less I knew about Shane McGowan, the better. Before I'd seen interviews or read interviews, which are always great, by the way, but saw the man like with my own eyes. He passed away. He was 65 years old. It's not old enough. I, I say, I'm getting older. That's not old enough. Henry Kissinger, or whatever his name, Henry Kissinger, way too old. Should have been dead years ago. My wife came to me this morning. The not the first thing. I think she was picking up the phone to find out direct the which traffic flow to take the girl to school. And she said, 86 Sandra Day O'Connor. That seems like someone who was old enough to pass. Shane McGowan's only 65, but again... Lived probably a little more, <laughs> uh, lived a little more harder probably than um, O'Connor and Cronkite, not Cronkite, Kissinger. The less I knew about Shane McGowan, probably the better. Well, like any artist, I think. I don't want the, I, I almost don't want the art contextualized. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily need to know how they grew up. I. I mean, I. I'm a huge Tom Petty fan, also, and I've seen documentaries, 
by the way, watch if you if you like Tom Petty, watch this documentary about the making of wildflowers. It's unbelievable. If you're a fan, if you're not, if, if you're a fan of greatness, if you're a fan of trying to achieve something to make the thing the very best, it's in there. But I don't need to know that Tom Petty was, you know, had a really abusive dad. That adds to it. The less I knew about Shane McGowan, probably the better, because as a young man with that romantic, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get it. I'm 22. I'm, I, I have, uh, you know, I had a bartending shift last night, and I have a little money in my pocket. I'm gonna see if I can get a horse. Come in at 18 to one, and there's a girl I have a crush on, and. You know, we're going to do the thing. The older you get, you realize that it takes more than a dream. What, what did they say? A, an idea without a plan is but a dream. As you get older, you realize, well, you need to have a destination in mind. Right? The, what is the... Have I ever talked about this? Not all who wander are lost. I get it. I've been that dude, but also you're wandering around. <laughs> if you're not wandering and you know where you're going, you're more likely to get there than wandering around. I'm not judging people. I'm only judging if you have a bumper sticker. I'm not judging you if you're wandering. Uh, I also, you know, maybe it's a reaction to capitalism or something that you're going to put a bumper sticker on that says, hey, man, I don't, I'm just trying to figure it out here, bro. Don't judge me. So that romanticism of of Shane McGowan's lyrics, speaking to me, the young man, and then speaking to me, the young artist, the young creator, who's always written, who's always tried to express himself artistically, and to hear it done so beautifully, so so authentically. Right? I knew people. I know people. I wanted to be that guy who they stick me in a box, but I'm so full of life that they can't bury me that I pop my head out and say, well, have another round. As you get older, the learnings and, and the, the, the disconnect between that romanticism and the reality of life, meaning... You have to have a plan and then you have to execute it. To create a dissonance. And as I got older, like the Shane McGowan, I, I, I loved him, but I wasn't trying to, like at 35, I'm like, I'm not trying to be Shane McGowan. You know what I mean? I, I see where that leads. <laughs> it wasn't conscious. It's just how my, you know, I had a, I all of a sudden had a part, not all of a sudden. I had a partner. I had someone else I was living for and living with. And, you know, I also, I, I gathered what a, 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 a commitment that Shane McGowan made to living the way he did. And if you're, if you have no idea who I'm talking about, guy fucking drank a lot. Okay. Like relentlessly. My cousin sent me a text yesterday or a quote, I think, from him where he said he hadn't been sober a day since he was like 14 years old. So it's like, I just wanted to mention the, you think, the thing is the thing for you. Shane McGowan was the thing, man. 
if I could have a band, if I could have those experiences, if I could have that depth and that historical knowledge to write such great songs that also were rousing and getting people to dance and make out and spray each other with beer and being Irish while everybody else is like, look at these people. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. Okay. That's we're Irish. Judge us. Judge us. Judge us, won't you? And then, you know, have a go. That idealized model, as I got older, I realized the foul, I learned the fallacy of it. I've learned, I learned long ago, by the way, emerging artists out there, emerging creators. And I'm not saying I'm any creator or artist, but I do what I do. The romantic idea, which I had, which I was steeped in, the Keith Richards, Paul Westerberg, Shane McGowan, uh, debauchery is art or debauchery, the art of debauchery. Living that wastrel lifestyle does not create good art, generally speaking. I think it more than anything impair, impairs the art. Not that there aren't masterpieces made under great influence, but what I mean to say is so, and I'm, there are probably writers that I'm thinking of too who drank a lot and drugged a lot. And you're like, oh, that's, if I do that, then I'm an artist and, and I'll write and create good stuff. You have to learn, hopefully quickly, young creatives, young artists, that is not, that's an outcome of the other thing. That's an outcome of the art. That does not drive the art. And it, frankly, is going to kill your habits, your, your good productive habits. And the idea that you can, you know, set down a bottle of brown on the table and turn out Ulysses is horseshit, <laughs> frankly. And you learn that as you get older. And then you see like, oh, Shane McGowan, this caused maybe some trouble in his life, right? And trouble with the band. And the band broke up maybe before they should have. And you figure out a place for Shane McGowan. I figure out a place for Shane McGowan as I get older. And now he's, he's passed. And I think just, I don't have to land on it. I think of him fondly. I think of him as a, as a, as one of my favorite artists. He didn't even write Dirty Old Town. I don't he I don't think he didn't write Waltzing Matilda, two of their the Pope's biggest songs. But I can't imagine them being done by anybody else. So when I heard he passed, my first thought was, wow, that's it wasn't even sad. It was just like, damn, that chapter closes and that chapter is connected to different parts of my my molecular makeup and it's changed over time from probably idealizing the guy who wrote those songs to learning from him artistically but also as a citizen of the universe like that's maybe not 
you know, I didn't say, well, I didn't get a look at Shane McGowan's teeth one day and be like, fuck, I better slow down. <laughs> or seeing him wheeled out. You know, when the Ramones and I want to be sedated, hurry, hurry, get, put me in a wheelchair and get me on a plane or whatever. I thought they were kind of joking about like, whatever it takes, I'll put me in a wheelchair. Shane McGowan was literally put in a wheelchair and pushed out to the microphone. That's like in his 40s. Like that's how, that's how bad it was. And so I wasn't sad. I was reflective and I think aware that he already occupies that place in my mind and my, like I said, my molecular makeup that is perfect. And I love him. I, I love I love him. I don't have a tremendous, even though I read a post biography, I don't have a tremendous Shane McGowan uh, knowledge of like how he grew up and what led him to go as hard as he did from a very early age. I mean, you can listen to the songs like uh, the old main drag, you know, songs like that. And you kind of get an idea like, but I don't know what, what sped why he didn't become a banker or why he, you know, didn't become a priest or a whatever else you could do a doctor and why he became who he was. I don't I don't have that and I don't need it. What struck me when I heard was just what I'm trying to get at here is this idea of this thing that I had romanticized very early on over time becoming a little more uh, just me growing up I guess this thing I'd romanticize as a younger man as I grew into an older man I understood that there was uh, there was some catches like I said earlier fallacy in the lifestyle and the approach rest in peace I want to just double back and underline for a second, if I may. Sounds like I'm presenting a PowerPoint. To the younger creatives, to the younger artists listening to this podcast, the best art, I think, is made by the people who are diligent about making it. Doesn't mean you have to get up every day and write, but I bet people who, you know, have written 12 books are writing books all day long. And I don't think that they're fucking getting smashed and then sleeping until noon trying to figure out what's next. I think that can be associated with that. I think it could be an outgrowth maybe of the same thing that compels them to get up and write 12 books. But drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Just say no. Drugs and alcohol are not going to get you. They're not going to. It's horseshit, I think, to say they're going to facilitate your uh, artistic success. That's what I believe. Rest in peace, Shane McGowan. You know the song Fairy Tale of New York, and every year it comes up, the lyric, you scumbag, you scumbag, she, when Christy McCall sings, you scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy word that rhymes with maggot. There's always a, a conversation, I feel like, yearly with these holiday songs that how well do they age? 
Did I say Hollywood? I meant to say holiday. I didn't. I, I don't even know what I said. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy that she's calling him this. In any case, I made a rage recording the other day. I was driving home from a comedy club uh, just enraged about my experience. And there was, I don't think I mentioned it, but the, I mentioned on the rage recording that was almost just for me and a couple comedy friends to give them a glimpse into what I perceived in the comedy club experience in San Diego thus far. That a comic, which is, a comic comes out and goes, hey, what's up? Word that rhymes with maggots. Hey, what's up, maggots? Except on the podcast, in the podcast, on the rage recording that I made and didn't put out and would never, I said that's a hack intro because lots of people have done it. Not only is it insensitive, intentionally insensitive, which is different, right? You're trying to push a button. Look at me. I can say it. Watch me go, edgelord. But I saw some comedy thing go by the other night on TV, and the comic came out and on Netflix opened with that line. Now, it would be inaccurate, but kind of funny to say, and they weren't even one. <laughs> what I mean to say is they, as a member of uh, that community that has been horrifically abused, and I don't understand, what is your deal with gay people? Just fucking let them live. By the way, what is your deal with any people? Just worry about your own shit, okay? Get back in the gym, tone up your body, brush your teeth, get your fitness in order, eat better, and stop worrying about what other people are doing, okay? So, I know that people who belong to marginalized communities can use that word. Right? I'm not, and not by my granting. That sounded like that. I'm, I just, well, how come I can't say it? Because you're not part of the fucking group, okay? And you haven't had to endure the decades, centuries of abuse that these marginalized communities have that's given them the right to take a term that has been used so vociferously and so hostily toward them, and they've made it their own, okay? And you don't get to use it. And you just fucking have to live with that, all right? I get that. I just want to say, even if you are a part of that community, and you come out and you open without the first thing out of your mouth, it's still hack, because I've seen hundreds of people do it. What? Hey, what's up? Word that rhymes with maggot. Okay? As far as... <laughs> that was just something on my head. Don't open with that. You shouldn't. I, I, who am I to say? But it's hack. It's hack, even if you belong to the community. Okay. What did I want? I want. I wanted to connect. I'm going to try to do it. In the interest of you getting your 30 minutes, you're getting your 30 minutes. I'm talking for 30 minutes here so the podcast comes out on time. But I think if I get two more strung together, you know what? Here, here's that, that two more strung together. And then if I get three to five, if I get five podcasts in a row starting today, then I'm going to do the Lexus December to forget 30 days of Christmas, whatever. 
just f uh, for my own edification. Shane McGowan said in If I Fall From Grace with God, the first line I mentioned when I, when I started the podcast today, If I Fall From Grace with God, where no doctor can relieve me, if I'm buried neath the sod, but the angels won't receive me, you know what? I put out the announcement in the San Diego comedy Facebook groups, the show that I'm going to start January 10th in San Diego, a weekly comedy show every Wednesday is going to be at the Old Sod. And here's how Irish it is. O-U-L-D. I'm so thrilled about this, by the way. Going, and, and I'm jinxing it probably like they're going to pull the rug out from me before it gets started. But fuck it. Who cares? Which say, would that slow Shane McGowan down and his enthusiasm for that? No. Comedy on Adams starts January 10th at the Old Sod in Normal Heights. Comedy on Adams. That's Adams Avenue. It's a big, busy road. And we're going to do stand-up comedy in there. And it's going to be good. And comics are going to get good. And it's going to be hot. And it's going to be fun. And if the, if the bar gives me enough time to grow it, it's going to be a success. Mark your calendars. I'm going to do it. It's going to start at 8 o'clock. And I'm going to do the main show with six comics, five or six comics, I got to look at the time, enough time where the show goes like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, and then we stop, and then the open mic, a la lightning round, starts at 9.30 sharp, and then we'll go for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, I want everybody who comes to that show up, go up, open mic, to get up, I want them to learn how to fucking show up, put their name on a list, not be uh, obligated to some, you know, sit around and wait for your name to pull out, get pulled out. And I'm what? And I, am, I don't imagine it'll be packed with comics early on. So, you know, you come to the first few shows, you'll get more time as it grows in popularity, which I hope it will. I hope it becomes a comics hang. I'm, I'm trying to replicate Limerick. How great is that? I go from Limerick Junction. Now I'm going to go to the Old Sod. <laughs> These are truly kindred spirits. That's it. I'm excited. I'm excited to have a great weekend. It's December 1st. It's Lexus December to forget 30 days of podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. Just listen to the piano. Just listen to Fairy Tale of New York. It's if you want to hear the arts, listen to the sick bed of Kukulkan. Listen to listen to songs he didn't even write. Dirty old town. Dirty old town. Waltzing Matilda. The band played Waltzing Matilda. And imagine someone else singing those. Rest in power. Rest in peace, Shane McGowan. Uh, Sixty-five years old. And uh, I will talk to you on Tuesday, unless. I talk to you tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday, and then you know we're off to the races, where I came in 18 to 1.